0: Empire. Hello and welcome to my podcast, do me a favor, subscribe to the John Kahn Report, wherever you get your podcast. you're watching on YouTube, hit that like button, hit that subscribe button, you can find us there as part of Empire Media, that's A-M-P-I-R-E, always much appreciated when you tune in and a little programming note. Oh, by the way, don't forget, you can always read my work on ESPN.com. I have a story up right now about two big hires that Washington has made tonight. In fact, the second one caused me to re-record this podcast because it was announced or it came out as soon as I was done wrapping up my discussion about Cliff Kingsbury. And then along comes Joe Witt Jr. as a defensive coordinator. I'm going to get to those guys in a minute. But couple of things. Um, the, Bram Weinstein and I, the Voice of the Commanders, going gonna to do a live stream show Monday night, 8 o'clock, wrapping up another big day for the Commanders with Dan Quinn being introduced as, as the new head coach at 2.30 p.m. Uh, press conference. We'll have more information on maybe some other coaches, um, all that good stuff. I know Eric Biennemi is still the coordinator. A lot of people ask me about him. And, you know, suffice to say, he's not the coordinator here anymore. Be, I don't have no clue what his role is going to be. I think you can take a big leap from here to see what it was what it's going to be. Um, anyways, but new staff coming in here. Big two big holes have been filled on the staff. Let's get to that right now. Let's start with to me the big one because Joe Witt was the expected one for the defensive corner. That was the first name you heard. And I had heard that, you know, I'd been told before Quinn was hired that this was the guy he was telling other teams that he was going to hire as his defensive guy. So well, I'll get to him in a minute, but, th- but I think there's a little, lot more to discuss with Cliff Kingsbury because the importance of him being the offense coordinator, and also we know Dan Quinn is a defensive coach. He's going to have a hand in all that, but let's get to Kingsbury. So a couple of things here that jump out. One, he's experienced with young quarterbacks. He helped, he drafted and developed Kyler Murray in, in Arizona. Now, the two had some issues at the end, it sounded like, but they certainly made that offense work for a few years. And he has experience with him and developing young quarterbacks. He worked with uh, Patrick Mahomes at Texas Tech, Baker Mayfield at Texas Tech, Caleb Williams at USC last year. I'm going to get to that situation in a minute because I know that's that's a topic of interest for everybody. So, but that's one of the bonuses of Kingsbury. He's worked with these young, this young talent. Now, I've heard positive things about him i haven't talked to a lot of people about kingsbury so i don't want to go too hard on that just i will say like i did that with quinn i was kind of adamant i told you guys a lot of times how much i'd hear about him because i talked to more than a dozen people in the league various roles about him and it was it was the same thing all over can't go there with with kingsbury because i don't know i do know that people like this a a lot of people do like this offense. Is it for everybody? I don't think so, because it can be different. So it's it's certainly not traditional, um, but it has evolved over the years. So I'll get more into the X's and O's of that when I have other people come on, whether it's Logan or other people come on to talk about that, who know a lot more about it than I do, or people who are more versed in that offense than certainly than I am. But I think that experience of working with young quarterbacks is key for a team that has the number two pick in the draft. That's going to get, I'm going to talk about that in a few seconds as well. The The one thing I wonder, I guess there's, if there's, if there's a downside here, first of all, you get an experienced guy, you get another, essentially another head, a guy who's been a head coach in the league on the offensive side of the ball. So for Dan Quinn, you don't have, you shouldn't have to worry about that side of the ball. You have to stay involved in it though. I'm not going to sit here and say, because what did Ron Rivera do? He hired an experienced defensive coordinator. Now, It's not a one for one here. This is not a 2.0. So that's a tired phrase. It's not accurate, but I understand, you know, other stuff, but on, on this situation, I think that can help a Dan Quinn. When you have a guy like that, that, you know, that you, that has been in that role and has been in this league and can help you out with some things. Doesn't mean you have to ignore that side of the ball. You shouldn't do that. And I think, you know, that's one reason why for Joe Witt being the, Defensive coordinator, it does allow Quinn to be more to, you know, kind of jump into both areas when he needs to, where, when and when, or I guess when he needs to and how. So, but I get I think if you look at, is there a downside here? Well, of course, there's a downside to everything that ha- every guy that gets hired in the NFL. But the one thing here would be, what if, what if Kingsbury, what if they go out there and they draft, you know, Drake May or whatever Kayla Woods and they go out and have a really good year. Well, then does Kingsbury get hired to, as a head coach for another team, if they're going to go draft a young quarterback, right? Or if they have a young quarterback, is that a possibility? Well, of course it's a possibility. Is it likely? I don't know, because there's a long way to go in all this. But that's the one downside for a guy like Kingsbury. Would he want to be a head coach again? Would he want to go, would he go back to college and do that? I'm guessing maybe he had some opportunities. I don't know that. But if he did, you know, he's certainly stayed in the NFL. Well, he was there in USC last year, but he could have stayed in college probably if he had wanted to. Certainly was looking for NFL jobs. Would he want to try and be a head coach again? Most guys do. So that's the one thing to watch. So If, you, if that's the case, you better have an offensive staff where you can elevate and you don't have to then change systems. It seems like you know and other people would be better served to talk about this but it, you know my knowledge seems like you go in, in 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 Atlanta for Quinn kind of went from one system to another and the offense kind of hit some rough spots because of it So how are you going to position yourself so that doesn't happen again if listen if it first of all you want it to go well you you would if, if Kingsbury gets another head coaching job it's because this offense did really well and they have a quarterback that he did well with. So keep that in mind. Keep some perspective here. You kind of want one of those guys to be in demand. But I know the problem is, that means are you going to start over in another offense? So you better have somebody who's versed in that offense who can ascend to a certain role if it goes that way in the next year or two, right? So that's one thing. That's a, that's one of the big deals here. The one thing to know too is the air raid offense, well, air raid, passing game, right? Here's one, something you need to know about how it evolved in Arizona during his tenure or during his tenure in Arizona the cardinals ranked 11th in the number of rush attempts right that's over 4 years combined so they are 11th overall combined over 4 years um, in rush attempts 10th in yards per carry Ninth, excuse me 10th in rushing yards per game 9th in yards per carry so those are good running game numbers i the hard part for to, to know without really studying the offense or talking to people who know more than I do, that how does a Brian Robinson or Chris Rodriguez fit into this style of offense? I think I'm, I would have some questions there if that would be the best fit for those guys, um, but more would have to be learned. And, you know, the other thing is like a lot of times in college, the air raid did not use the tight ends as much. He did over in Arizona, the number of attempts for the tight ends there increased dramatically over his time there. So I don't think it's some sort of death sentence for that position at all. It's just a matter of getting the right guys in there. And it's funny, because I bring up the run stuff too. I was talking to a coach the other night about um, what he thought Quinn would look for in a coordinator. And this is a guy who coached with him in Atlanta is he definitely thought he would want a guy who would want to run the ball more. So Kingsbury's evolved in that. It's not a traditional rushing attack, but they have done a little bit more with some under center or some play action. But that's something I'm going to have to go back and study more of rather than kind of, you know, talking about it on the fly on a Sunday night. Now, how does this pertain to Caleb Williams? Because, obviously, Washington has the number two pick. Caleb Williams is right there with the number one pick. Can you get up there? Well, there's a couple of things. One, we still don't know what Chicago is going to do. Let's assume Chicago does. If Caleb Williams is that good, why would Chicago pass on him? You have a chance to reset the clock on a quarterback versus having to pay, you know, pick up Justin Fields' or make the decision on his fifth-year option this offseason. So that you get five years with the guy versus two years with the guy before you really have to pay him. And, you know, but and if and if so if if but let's say they stick with Justin Fields, well then you can have a chance to trade up. But if that pick is up up for grabs, more teams are going to try and trade up. Why is that important? Because you have to give up more than to go up one spot. It's not like you say, oh, here's a fourth round pick, go you're going to have to give up a decent amount because what if new england wants to move up there too? you're going to have a couple of teams what if atlanta wants to move up there? atlanta is in a position where you have a good roster around them. i don't know if they'd want to do that but what if they do to go up from 8 to 1? so if and if you're chicago and you say if you're willing to trade that, you don't you know, do you need to go to number 2? you could go from one to two and then keep trading back a couple of times because if you're not getting a quarterback, you don't have to be in one of those top three spots. So you can trade out of there if you want to. So you may have some teams there, more teams willing to trade up for that pick. So if you're Washington, here's what I know. They want to build through the draft. I've heard that multiple times privately and publicly. They want to build through the draft. Do you want to give up multiple high picks to move up? To that spot. That would be the question. Is Caleb Williams that good? that you willing to do that? And then, you know, the other part of that is people here know that they need a lot of work on this roster. This is not a roster where it's like, oh, just come in here and change your coaches. And you're going to win. They need some work. They know this is not an overnight success situation because of where the roster is at. So you're going to have, so are you really going to want to try and give up that much to move up one spot? Or here's the other part of it. Do you stay at number two? And you have have Sam Howell, and here's another quarterback, Drake May, both of whom played in an air raid offense at North Carolina. That's the offense that Cliff Kingsbury will run in Washington. And why is that important? Well, I mean, obviously it's important because they have experience in it. Duh. It's kind of my own dumb question. But here's the other part of it. Phil Longo, who coached um, both May and Howell at Carolina, has, has pretty strong ties to Kingsbury. In fact, I texted him tonight and say like, hey, how similar are, is your offense to what Kingsbury wants to do? And I know it's an airway, but there's always variations of it. Said so it's very similar. And he, he he's a, kind of gave me a thumbs up, said, this should be exciting. So he clearly thinks that both those guys could do something with a Kingsbury. And I don't know what the plan is at all. So this my only point in this is saying do not assume that this was just done to go up and get Caleb Williams. If you wanted to do something different. You have another quarterback that, like, let's say they don't like these quarterbacks. Let's say Kingsbury doesn't like Drake May. But here's the other thing: he's good friends. He knows Longo very well, so he's going to get a great scouting report from Longo on both these guys. Longo used to go meet with Mike leach in the spring Mike leach is obviously the God you know one of the big creators of, of this arid of offense so he'd go there in the spring to meet with him Kingsbury would often be there as well Longo used to sit in on meetings uh, on quarterback meetings that longo when when um, excuse me when when Kingsbury was was a coach I think it was at Texas Tech he would sit down in on the quarterback meetings they have a good relationship they would talk a lot so he's going to have really good insight into May and how, and how they can run this offense. So now what if, what if Kingsbury decides he doesn't like me, he doesn't like these quarterbacks for his offense. Then, then now you start to get into other scenarios, trading backs, free agents, whatever it is. But the, but the point is, you, you know, this was not just done to go get Caleb Williams. There are other options out there. And I think it could be pretty intriguing what now takes place at the quarterback position for Washington. Now, as far as Joe Witt goes, now he's not a guy I know a ton about. What I do know is, on Friday, I texted with a, a some, another another um, person who works for an NFC NFC team, very familiar with Dallas, and I just asked him, like, what did you think of the Quinn hire? He said, he came back all caps, excellent hire. But he also mentioned Joe Witt because at that point you knew that Witt was the number one candidate to join. Um, Quinn here as a defensive coordinator so he mentioned him he said he talked to some people in Dallas and about how disappointed they were because they were going to now be losing two quality coaches so they knew at that time that that this was probably going to happen and let me see if I can read you what he said um, yeah he said I was talking with the Dallas staff and they are so bummed to lose them they were mocking the negative sentiments about him because the way the season ended, and noting how dumb that narrative is. Yes, I think I would agree with him on that. But he also had mentioned too about Wit, and so like that—that's a big hit to that Dallas staff. But now Washington has him. Wit. I'm going to get into more on him in in future episodes. Um, but for tonight, here's what you need to know: He's been in the coaching in the league since 2007 has been a passing game coordinator for three different three different teams since 2018 has been with Quinn since 2020 he joined him in Atlanta then he joined then he came over in Dallas and joined him there they built they they built a very good defense in Dallas you know for whatever happened in that last game which to judge a guy on one game is just ridiculous um but it, you know in those in their three years there Dallas had Dallas's defense was third in quarterback rating against them and third in completion percentage against them I think they were like top they were like top five or six or something like that in passing yards allowed per game so in all the passing metrics they ranked very high very good talent I know Micah Parsons and they you know they they but that they made that defense work because of how they created it and because of some of the pressure they created and the way that Quinn would use his guys and the way you know and certainly that secondary is very good you saw. You know what they did this year, and they they led the league by a decent amount with 93 turnovers. I think it was 93 turnovers caused during those three years. So that's who's coming to Washington. Whit again was the number one guy that you heard all along. So this is not a surprise. Kingsbury, a big surprise because on Saturday he was going to Las Vegas. So all these everybody that's worried about you know who's who who do they want or who's not coming here or whatever you know spurning this team that whatever they got a guy that was going to go to another team. Backed out of that because of contract talks ostensibly broke down. Now, then immediately Washington was talking to him. Now he's now he's with the Commanders, and that's there are too many narratives out there this right now. And I will say this too about the narratives about Quinn, and I'm gonna I'm harping on this because I just think there's a lot of misinformation out there. Quinn, they did not settle for Quinn. That's a silly notion. Quinn from the beginning. Was one of their top picks. If I had to rank them, I'd say probably Ben Johnson first, Quinn second. At the start of this process, going into last week, I don't know that that order was the same because I think that that Johnson would have needed a really strong interview to get to get the job, an in-person interview to get the job, because Quinn was impressive in his in in his first interview as well as his second when he had that second interview before they were flying to to Detroit to meet with him. So just. You know the idea that all these guys left and somehow they got stuck with Quinn is just not accurate. So, anyways, I know some of you aren't going to believe that anyway. So you can believe whatever you want. Just telling you what I know, and this is not just coming from from the commander. So when I when I tell you that stuff, I'm getting it from people who know people, and they tell them the truth, who then tells me more what's going on. So there you go, folks. That's it for me. Again. 8 o'clock Monday night Eastern time, another live stream with Bram Weinstein, the voice of the commanders. So, and 2.30 press conference with Dan Quinn. Talk to you next time.